0: Welcome to the K-12 Food oh, Rescue Podcast, the nation's only podcast exclusively sharing stories about inspiring people rescuing nutritious food in schools to reduce hunger and protect our environment. I'm John Williamson, the host of the podcast and founder of K-12 Food Rescue, an organization founded in 2007 committed to empowering people to lead the food is not trash movement in their school districts. Today I'm joined by Brandy Bennett, the cafeteria manager at Davis Park Elementary with Vigo County School Corporation in Indiana. And Allison Vince Penzel with Purdue Extension and founder of Wabash Valley Food Rescue. And Larry Pagey, uh, original volunteer with Wabash Valley uh, Food Rescue. So, Brandy, Allison, and Larry, welcome to the K 12 Food Rescue podcast.
1: Nice to be Thanks. here. Thank you.
0: Thank, Thank you. you. So, Allison, let's kind of start with you. Can you kind of tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in school food waste? and and share with everybody how you connected with the K-12 Food Rescue a number of years ago.
1: Sure, well, I I work in Vigo County and Vermillion County actually as a community wellness coordinator with Purdue Extension. And um, one of the things we were tasked with when I first started this job was um, going into the community and doing a community change tool um, to kind of see um, where I was needed and where I should work in in my counties. Um, I focus on the limited resource population. Um, it's a grant through snap ed, and um, and we are the nutrition education program. So um, anyway, we I did that. I had some volunteers that that did this change tool with me, and um, I had worked in the schools previously um, and seen the waste that was happening um, in the cafeterias. So, uh, when we got together and yeah, did this, it, it kind it of bubbled, bubbled to the top, deep. and we decided that um, food rescue was where we wanted to work. We thought at the time it would be in restaurants um, as well, but as it has kind of developed over the years, it, it solely is is in um, in the schools.
0: So, Brandy, I kind of ask you uh, the same question.
2: Um, Yeah, so I've been with the school for five years now, and um, I've always been a big supporter of recycling and, you know, eliminating food waste and in general. And um, I did that with my last job that I was at for 11 years, and I always um, donated to the local homeless shelter. And so when I went to the school, um, we did do a little bit of that the first couple of years that I was uh, training under other managers. But when I got my own school um, that year, I met Allison and food rescue was starting up and we had a good talk in my office (laughs) and um, we had big, big dreams, but um, yeah, we started working with the tool then. And since I had my own school, I was able to make, you know, a lot of the calls and um, get a system down and donate as much as we could. So it wouldn't go in the trash. So
1: I think when I started too, I I reached out, um, I was, I was on on the internet and I reached out to you, John, I found you um, and you were a huge mentor to help us get, get it started in our
0: community. So remind me, did, did we, did we meet via like like an email first or was it at the Purdue extension, you know, uh, message that I delivered one year?
1: Yeah, no, I think we reached, I reached out to you um, via email and I think you were kind enough and came and spoke to, um, oh, okay. at our, um, at one of our meetings and with all the different CWCs around the state. Yes. And
0: I had forgotten what the genesis of that was. Yep. <laughs> it was so. Old, so. So, so Larry, tell me about how, uh, how you met uh, Allison in Wabash Valley Food Rescue and uh, all the things you do as a volunteer uh, to support the effort.
3: Well, I'm a master gardener locally and uh, we're closely affiliated with Purdue Extension and uh, met Allison in that regard. Um, my wife and I uh, just uh, wanted to become involved in Wabash Valley Food Rescue and uh, started, uh, started it and approached us and we've been in it since the beginning. Uh, this past year was difficult, but the first were very, were very rewarding. Mm. So
0: what schools What
3: schools and restaurants have you ever been involved with? Uh, my wife and I pick up at two different elementary schools and one high school, and we deliver to uh, four or five different Soup kitchens and food pantries and uh, rehabilitation houses, men, and, men and women. Uh, so,
0: what about what the audience kind of a feel for uh, when you pick up? You know, what kind of items are you picking up, and like, about how much is it at each school typically?
3: This, this year's been very difficult because areas areas have, areas have uh, been operating a bit different different than normal. Uh, Today, for example, we only picked up at one of the two schools that we normally stop at. We get uh, salads in, uh, uh, in, in uh, clamshell containers that the kids don't eat. They've open, been opened and they're recycled, but they haven't been by the, uh, by the, uh, by the students. Uh, we get uh, things off of the uh, hot, uh, hot uh, line. Uh, that are, are bagged for us uh, that have not been served. Of course, uh, we get uh, anything that's prepackaged, uh, breakfast rolls, uh, taco shells, things of that nature. Uh, uh, we got quite a bit, quite a barn, uh, cooked corn. We got.
2: Uh, um, I'm cutting out a little bit, but um, the back of the house or back of the cafeteria. Um, basically my rule usually is if I have 20 items or less that are not going to, um, prepare well the next day, that's usually what I send off. And, um, I usually try to bag it up, um, like he mentioned before, or, um, put it on some kind of tray that it can transport and not spill everywhere, Um, my big thing is saving gravy and sauces and stuff because I've actually volunteered at the homeless shelter. And when I was serving, um, they had dry meat and it, they didn't have any gravy or any kind of condiment to put on it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So, which would be terrible. So I kind of try to save that as much as I can. And like you said, hot vegetables and, um, Stuff like that. And then a uh, tray to trash would be the stuff that the kids pick up. You know, their eyes are bigger than their belly. They, they want it, but they don't. Or they want a banana because they want to act like they're talking on the phone to each other. That's usually the case with that. Um, but they will take that. And then if they don't want it, um, they will usually put it on a share table which we were not able to do this year, past school year. Um, and and before they would be able to, if they were still hungry and someone had put something on the table, they would be able to take that off the table and for themselves. But this year, they we have uh, education assistants that help us in the cafeteria and they pick up anything the kids don't want and um, they place it in a box for us and we give it to the local homeless shelter.
0: So, so would you say that not being able to do the share table was probably the number one big thing that changed this year due to the pandemic?
2: Um, definitely with my school, for sure. I mean, nothing lasted on that share table for very long. Um, so that's it's been sad that they can't do that this year, but um, at least I know some of it is going um, to help other people. So, yeah, yeah I, I think um,
1: with the, all the other schools that I've worked with, the, the share table was a huge. I mean, there was nothing really left to take back to the kitchen after the, all the lunch hours were over. It It was an awesome same because my in trying to convince the schools to do this and and the administrators, I said, you know we, I want this food to stay at the schools. I want the, the kids that are there to benefit from this. I don't want it to have to leave, but if it's left over then we will find some place to, to take it. Um, and this you know not being able to use the share table this year has been um, very sad. but I, I do have to say that a lot of my volunteers, will tell you that most of their stuff comes from the back kitchen, I call it um, or things that were prepared and they didn't serve or too much. And they weren't going to heat up again. Um, So although we couldn't do share tables, um, I was happy that the administrators at our, um, and our school corporation allowed this to go on. Um, You know, we had a great system in place and all the cafeteria managers, you know, worked with us and, and if it was a, a, something that they would call, you know, if it was something that they weren't picking up on a regular basis, but they had some, a bunch of buns left over or whatever it was on a certain day, they now know to
0: call me or, and we work to get it picked up. So just from my own you know curiosity and clarification, I guess I would say, um, if you think back to last year where you had the share table and kids were you know taking stuff, lots of stuff off the share table, uh-huh. and then they stopped you would assume that if that trade of trash kept going on, but they weren't allowed to share it with each other, that a lot of that would gone, would have gone to the food pantry. Has has the share table not only stopped, but they just didn't continue on with the donations from the trade of trash stuff? Has that kind of been suspended? Well, I
1: and Brandy, you can probably fill in more. We were not in school and doing sack lunches for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, so, you know, the, um, I I don't even know when when did we go back, Brandy help you guys?
2: Um. Well, I mean, it was a different case for each school because. Yeah, my, that's true. You know, my school got shut down. Um, for quite a. Um, I think at the beginning of the pandemic and all that, we were kind of. We could we donate it because it. we didn't. First, yes. Time to sanitize everything if we needed to do that to send it to the you know homeless shelter mm-hmm. but um or wherever it was going but also we just didn't know if that was smart because we didn't want to make anybody sick you know yep if, if we but yeah like you said when,
3: when you're making sack lunches,
2: lunches they're just we're taking them to the straight out to the car to the people and we don't know what
1: yeah they
2: don't eat yeah
1: and then on top the pandemic as far as the soup kitchens go everything changed from that end too. um you know they were not open anymore and they all went to sack lunches so the things that they could use that we brought to them um a lot of times wouldn't work in a sack lunch so they were very picky on what they um chose to take or what they could take Um, You know the the recovery shelters were a different story because they have their kitchens that they can work in but um and people living there
0: definitely i totally understand that so what do you think if you were it's hard to look into the future even tomorrow sometimes with the (laughs) way that that happened with the pandemic but if if you look into the next year do you think that uh you're going to be heading back to the share table or do you think that's going to kind of return to as it currently is now
1: I don't know. Brandy,
2: (laughs) I, I have hopes, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, people are getting vaccinated and um, restrictions are being, I don't know. I hope maybe halfway through the next school year, we'll be able to go back to it. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to happen right when we get back.
0: Well I, will, we'll, see. <laughs> well, I will share a little news with you. Um, one of our board members um, was Scott Baldwin, who became a state senator this year. And he is actually trying to get some state legislation worked out to kind of make the language a little clearer, make everybody a little more comfortable. Um, so stay tuned on that um, for uh, next year anyway. No, oh, that's Great. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Right. So one of our reasons that we do these uh, podcasts Is, uh, you know, we want to talk to people who have actually used the K 12 Food Rescue Story Graphic Log Tool. Um, And I know that uh, Davis Park Elementary um, has been using that because we've seen all of your entries. And, you know, we kind of believe that communicating this data is critical to finding solutions to school food waste around the state and the nation. So I guess I'd ask you from your perspective, Brandy, and uh, Allison, I know you also have statistics that are, you know, outside of uh, using the tool. Can you kind of tell us why the collection of this data? regarding rescued food and Vigo matters from your perspective and perhaps any practical ways the data has helped you implement uh, changes and convince everyone to hop on board with rescuing food in their schools.
2: I personally love it because it makes me feel like I'm making a difference and um, the numbers are nice to see as well. So whenever forward, you know, my numbers to Allison, and she Forwards to you i usually tag on people from my school um just so they can see the impact that we're making Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh you know i haven't found a person that's not you know impressed by that um it helps them understand and want to
1: oh totally it tells a story that's what i whenever i talk to people about this it's it's telling a story. And when people find out, for instance, you know, so I keep track of my volunteers will send me what they pick up. Um, When we pick up on Wednesdays and Fridays, that's what works pretty well in our school corporation. Um, But from 20 schools pre COVID. So August of 19 through March of last year, um, we had picked up 134,163 food items from 20 schools. And when people hear that number, they they look at their jaw drops. I um, mean, it's crazy. And and I have pictures of you know milk when the perfect storm happens. And you know this, Brandy, like we have a snow day on a Thursday, and we're getting out for for Christmas break the whole next week. So you have all this milk ordered that's going to go bad while everybody's on break. Yeah, I mean, I I've. I can't even begin to tell you the amount of milk that we picked up or things that we picked up, um, from, from these schools. And a lot of it was before COVID, but people were starting to really just, it was kind of, it was policy. It was becoming, you know, it was second nature. And, and, and that was what was so wonderful about it. Um, cause all these schools and these cafeteria managers, just like Brandy, you, you know, you, you get sick you see the kids coming that come in through your cafeteria every day and you know that they're hungry and just throw this food away um it was crushing to me and that's how kind of how this all started at the beginning um you just you know the kids are the ones that need it and why are we throwing it into the garbage
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so tell me uh even from both of your perspectives, is there any advice that you would give anybody on, uh, you know, restarting after COVID or share tables or just anything that hurdles along the way? Just, you know, you've uh, you've been through the process of taking a school district that wasn't nearly doing it at all to completely, totally, one hundred percent on board. Um, so I think that the, your experience uh, is very valuable. So let me know if you have any advice, and I'll just uh, listen. <laughs>
2: Well, go ahead, Brandy. Oh, um, I just, um, my girls in my kitchen, we We work really well together and um, we have a system and uh, you just, I know that a lot of kitchens are, um, you know, pressed for time, but Mm -hmm. you just have to come up with a routine and, um, you know, hopefully everybody's on board and you can get, uh, we don't really have in my kitchen anyway, we don't have anyone pick up for us. And I put in all the numbers on the, the tracking tool. Um, and I also deliver to um, shelter if they can't pick up. So, um, you know, I, just whatever works for your school. <laughs> yeah. Just, well,
1: I'm- I have to say Brandy does an incredible job. <laughs> she, she composts, she does all kinds of stuff that I, I've always said that that's the next part of food rescue is going to be composting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I think at the beginning when I first took this to the school, we met with them in the summertime and the superintendent was there and um, the food service director and, Um, you know, they were very, very, it was no, at the beginning, we're too big of a school corporation. We can't do this. And so I, I was the squeaky wheel and, um, they said, okay, I had gotten uh, a a friend of mine as a teacher was a teacher at Farrington Grove and we talked about it. She was actually on my action team when we, when we started this whole thing and, and, um, we took it to the principal and he was in agreement. So they, they gave us their blessing of starting, um, with Farrington Grove Elementary School and I had my Larry and his wife and um and so we started and and met back at Christmas time and not one person had a negative thing to say about Mm. any of it and they gave us their blessing and so we finished off that year and I think we had you know 80,000 food items or something from just that school and um and so with that, at the end of the year, this the school, the corporation, they were like, Okay, here, run with it. So we hit the ground and that's I think that when I talked to Brandy and I just started going in and calling all these cafeteria people. Um, you know, they had gotten the blessing to do it too. A lot of them, you know, they're help-wise, they don't have a lot of help and they're, you know, they're everybody's kind of pressed for manpower and and I just wanted to make it as easy on them as I could. I knew um, you know, and I also work with a lot of the caring organizations in town and they don't, you know, they rely on volunteers. So I thought, well, if I could take this under my wing and work with the volunteers and all they had to do was box it up for, you know, somebody to come pick it up. And so that I know it's not the model everywhere. That's kind of how we did it. And, um, and I, I mean, I, I don't ever, I've never gotten any, um, negative comments ever <laughs> and we started with this in night in 2017 i guess is when yeah. we kind of started and it's just you know i have people calling me and um i've t- given all kinds of talks about it and just bringing awareness in our own kitchens <laughs> you know how much we throw away um but people are just amazed at the numbers like i said they tell a huge story and um and you know especially With what happened last year, you know, 60% of the people coming to our food distributions had never been to a food bank before or a food pantry before or used food assistance. That's an incredible uh,
0: number.
1: And so, you know, the need is out there. So much need is out there that this is just our our little corner that we can help with.
0: Well, I just want to thank you both for so much for all you've done for K-12 Food Rescue and for getting that story out there and for inspiring so many other schools um, just by seeing those numbers and, you know, just the way it spread throughout your school district and wish you both the best of luck. And would you uh, want to give anybody your either your email or your phone number so if they had any the, uh, interest in, you know, contacting you to get your advice that uh, they could reach out to you? No, oh,
1: by all means, um, I am at Purdue.edu. Um, and I would be happy to help anybody that wanted to start this or try
2: it in their corporation. I'm at BCB, boy, candy boy at vigoschools.org. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can write me with any questions you have.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me and for everything you've done.
2: Thank you. Thank you.